This episode of Roderick on the Line is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so hey, just enjoy the show. Hi, Merlin. Hi, John. I didn't answer like I normally do by just saying hello. Hello. Because I knew it was you. Yeah, it's always me. I'm it's always you, but sometimes, sometimes I'm not sure, even though it says Merlin. Some people use Skype as a social network, and that troubles me. You know, every time I log on to my computer now, or every time I open Skype, it has a status report on there from Brett Terpstra. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know why Skype thinks that that... Uh, that I'm wondering what Brett's doing every day. I do. I yeah. I think I get that too. I get that too, and I find out uh, it's mostly everybody like me angrily announcing to please not bother them because they're on Skype. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, it's exactly. It's like I'm if I'm here, I'm eating breakfast. <laughs> then, um, sometimes it tells me it's someone's birthday. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to have another social network. I really don't. I don't want to have the ones I have. Oh, I know. This is one where I, I feel particularly uh, unplugged from reality because I've for years I've used Skype if you looked at the total number of hours well over 95% have been for exactly one thing which is recording mm. podcasts with other people uh-huh, uh-huh. and then very occasionally like especially somebody in like Australia or something wants to have a phone call it's easier and cheaper via Skype I would never I would never think of Skype as a phone in my head mm-hmm. and I would certainly never think of it you know as I get the occasional invitation do you ever get this? You get random people going like, hey, let me access you on Skype. Like, why would I do that? It's like somebody coming up to your door at dinner time, knocking on the screen door and making a gesture like they're holding a key. Mm-hmm. Can I just get a... If, um, give, me a if, give me a quick dub. No, you don't you know, know me. Don't be a dick. If I was living in a post-apocalyptic landscape if. and I, and I came over... I came over a rise in a meadow, and I saw you across on an opposite hill, and you started waving to me. Hello. I, w- <laughs> I, would, I would turn and walk down the other side of the hill and pretend I had not seen you. Me I in particular? Not- <laughs> no, not you. Oh. No, you I would wave at least. <laughs> yeah, you at least go, hey, give me oh. kind of a, yeah, how's it going? As you know, I am. my computer is running 10.6.8. Why did you say that? Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> There's so you many take- reasons for you not to say that. I'm going to have to cut all of that out. <laughs> you can take that out, yeah. Well, um, now, tell me, what are the reasons? I'm going to get a lot of angry hate mail from from uh, from people from John Sircusa because I'm not running not my. You say it. <laughs> I'm not running my uh, apps correctly. I don't want to get into it, John. Okay, okay, first of all, step zero: we should never talk about computers. But <laughs> the other problem is that that's a very, very, very very old operating system that's probably not getting security updates. <laughs> so you basically just made some dubs of your keys and threw them into the audience. <laughs> I see, I see. Hello. You're saying you're saying <laughs> that I am vulnerable, that people are going to come into my computer. I'm saying somebody could give you a copy to three of threes and you'd never come out. You're that vulnerable. Yeah. I oh, am feel, man. I'm feeling pretty vulnerable. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't realize it. So you're you're saying I've left a back door open. <laughs> well, I don't know you in personal life. <laughs> 10.6.8 has been a stable operating system for me. <laughs> in what sense? It's been it's been a very in the sense. Yes. In the sense that every single time 
in the last eight years that I have taken Apple's advice and downloaded a new operating system, <laughs> it has bricked whatever device it, it I was trying to improve and just turned it into a, just a flying piece of shit. Yeah. Just a fucking ass potato. Mm, yeah. And uh, so yeah. I don't I don't download new operating systems because they seem like jokes. They seem like they seem like elaborate tricks that Apple is pulling to make me buy a new product. Oh, we've got a new operating system and it's going to completely fry the thing that you bought. Even the thing that you bought 3 months ago. It's mm-hmm. going to just slow it down, bog it down. Now it's going to it's going to flicker. It's going to it's just like fuck you people. Fool me twice. Shame on you. Mm. A mind is a wasted thing. Ass potatoes. <laughs> well, um, I wish I could uh, disagree with you, <laughs> but it's true. It's uh, true, and you know, the, the, it's getting more true. Is the problem? It used to be, uh, you know, who cares? Why are we talking about computers? But it used to be, <laughs> I would not, uh, beep boop zeep zorp. Maybe we should get Dan uh, Harmon on the phone or whoever you do that other podcast with. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw Joe McHale. I saw your friend uh, Joe McHale on uh, television twice yesterday. He's on television a lot now. We were in yeah. a hotel room, which is the only time that we see TV, like regular TV. He was on that um, that show that's like Talk Soup. Is it Talk Soup? Mm-hmm. Talk Soup. Is it Talk Soup? Is it still Talk Soup? It's very much like Talk Soup. It's called Talk Soup. Talk Soup. I used to watch that when it was uh, Greg Kinnear was on that show. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was probably when your operating system came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you know, there was a bush jo- in the White House. <laughs> uh, the thing about Joel McHale is that he really is that tall. Hmm. He looks like he's tall, and he is tall. Turns out he was also tall. in. Um, he was in a movie or TV show we watched, and I yeah. can't remember what. That seems but, reasonable. But uh, he had a bit part as a as a as a balding man. Also oh. heard uh, Rob Corddry doing ads for Pizza Hut. That was kind of cool. He's a balding man. He's a balding man. Other balding news. Uh, uh, Nick Thune. Do you know Nick Thune, the don't comedian? Know Nick Thune is that a comedian? Nick Thune is a comedian, a, a good guy, a guy that I uh, that I that I know a little bit, and he is now doing those Honda commercials. I see him on TV all the time. How about that? And I go, hey, look at that! There's a guy making money. Todd Barry, he's bald, right? Todd Barry is bald. What bald, has he been bald. doing? He's bald as a baby. <laughs> um, he is uh, making he's, comedy. Isn't he on like the comedy podcast uh, circuit? There's there's so many comedy podcasts, John. A lot does of com- comedy podcasts. He does a comedy. He does a pod. He does a pod. I've been on his podcast, and he I know. Uh, he does a podcast where he sits you across the table from him, kitchen table across the kitchen table, and there's one microphone. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like he's uh, re- recording it on like an Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> he's got a <clears throat> he's got a plug and play microphone. That's a common that is- thing among comedy. Po- you know, I'm not a a, a podcast quality advocate i don't really care but there are some uh where it really does sound like they're recording it on a phone you know you and i are sitting across the country from each other right now not really not really across the country but you know up up and down the country (laughs) yeah and we both have really nice microphones we've made investments in the quality of the sound of our podcast don't get me involved in this <laughs> there's like there's no, I don't know what I want to talk about. There's nothing I Todd, want to talk about. Todd Berry's microphone is basically just it's it, it, it's just searching the airwaves for the sound of fire engines. <laughs> he's, 
right? He's got like a police scanner, but for yeah. comedy. Yeah, it does. Well, it does pick up human voices, but if there's a siren <laughs> or a garbage truck, that's what it really wants to hear. I think that's uh, what they call a condenser mic. Mm. Condenser the condenser mics pick up a mic. lot, said the guy who has a train going by his house every eight minutes. <laughs> ding, ding. Ding, ding. Hello. Anyway, <sighs> uh, yeah, computers, you know, and the thing computers. is, yeah, nobody cares. But the other thing is, you know, uh, I think it's in some ways it's, it's worse in some ways with the uh, phones, with the Apple oh, the phones. phones. The well, phone. and here's why. Because if you're still using a computer, you know stuff about computers probably. But there are a lot of people whose entry into the Apple world is through an iOS device. And so they went and they said, oh, what the heck? I'll get one of these 16 gigabyte iPhones. And yeah. and of course, it's you know not obviated within a couple of years, but it's not nearly as good after two yeah. years. Oh, and yeah. when you go to install the iOS update on it, it goes, and then, 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 this isn't oh. big enough. You have to go connect it to a computer or something. Oh. Or delete oh. your photos. Oh! Oh! Oh, delete your photos. Oh. You know, the funny thing is I go into uh, I go into iTunes now to manage my phone. <laughs> right? Here we go. Into <laughs> iTunes. Going to manage my phone. Now, my iTunes is on a computer that's running 10.6.8. <laughs> and I'm in there trying to manage the phone. And all of a sudden, it didn't used to do this. But, you know, down it's got the little bar down below that says, like, how much of your phone is used for certain things. Mm-hmm. It's like photos were a thing. Music you get, was got a, a big thing. other down there. Everything, and then there's this other, and it's like <laughs> it's like forty percent of the phone is used for other. You cannot access what other is, or tell what you differentiate what other is. Mm-hmm. You cannot change what other is. Yeah, and uh, and so it's so again, it's like the diagnostic tool. It tells you the diagnostic's not working. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You click on the. It's like, oh, would you like to run a diagnostic? Yes, I would. Well, let's go through fourteen steps to tell you. To unplug your router. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like every time I make the mistake to run that diagnostic tool, I'm just like... <laughs> you hate that diagnostic it's tool. Like, it's like a fuck... It's an, it's another joke. At, somebody down in Cupertino mm-hmm. is like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, it's, uh, you know what it is? It's like, the, it's like the Mercury astronauts. They gave them a lever that wasn't connected to anything, and they said, now you're steering the spaceship. We're going to put a window <laughs> in the side of the can. We're going to give you a lever mm-hmm. that makes a dinging sound. Now you're a pilot. Now you're a pilot, and that's what Apple is doing with all of this garbage. It's like, oh, you want to be a pilot? You want to be a pilot? Here, here, here. it's it's the uh, it's the A rep button on the mixing console. Oh, it's call anytime. <laughs> it's the it's the suck Seriously. button. Like, turn the suck button down. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you got alternatives. You could go out and get a Chromebook. You uh, could get it, a Dell PC. A guy, you know, I told you right that Dell. Tried to send me a, a one of their hot new. Um, oh yeah, remind laptops. me that story. Yeah, they were. They were. Some person from Dell was like, "Hey, you know, you seem to be a thought leader. Mm. We'd like to send you one of our hot new laptops." And I was like, "Oh yeah, well sure, but but I don't want the one that you're sending everybody else. I want you to give me the real hot one." And she was like, "Well, I'll have to check with the up the mucky mucks." And she came back and she was like, "You've been approved to get the real hot one." And then I just never replied to her email. Nice. That's all you needed. You don't have a computer. <laughs> she, she, she you just need to know of, you could have gotten one. Yeah. Wrote me a couple of times. She was like, hello, sir. I was like, mm, no, I don't want one of those. It's just going to be another thing that I don't know. I don't know how to plug in. Yeah. Yeah. But, but a friend, I had dinner with a friend the other day and he had one of these, um, these, um, these uh, Microsoft phones. Oh, I've heard of those. That's that the phone that Microsoft makes. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's I didn't a, think they were out in the wild. You can actually like go a, out and get one? Sure, it's a Bing phone or whatever. Oh, sure, you can Bing people on it. <laughs> and uh, you turn Bing it me on. later. And it's like, it's got, a, it looks like a Microsoft store. Uh, uh, Empty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we walk by the store that has the big bespoke sign in it, every time we walk by the Microsoft store, it's not empty, but there are so many people working there, and it's uh, for the customers. It, I, they outnumber the customers, yeah. But the, this was the, the Apple store is like a Who concert. Like I don't even want to go in there. It's just it's so ridiculous. <laughs> this phone had you know it has those little tiles. Yeah, you know uh, uh, Microsoft. Them, uh, I think it was was it Hobbs? They call them monads. Microsoft was the one that invented the window. Is is that right? Oh, yeah, and the file. They, they hang on a minute. You're telling me the they didn't have computer files until they were literally invented by Microsoft. That's right. Or I mean, I mean, maybe maybe Windows were invented by some guy in a Hewlett Packard lab. Yeah, but that guy is dead now. Yes, buried in a field. <laughs> And Microsoft. <laughs> You're saying they got files in Windows by creating some unmarked graves? I think they may have done. They may have done. But so this little thing, so he's holding this phone up, and it's very light. It's much lighter than an iPhone. There's nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my phone? It works great as long as you don't use it. <laughs> nothing on it. Those pictures weigh a lot. <laughs> um, and it's very shiny, but uh, the little uh, icons were just slightly animated. Oh, yeah. So that they are flipping, as you're looking at the phone, the static phone, you're doing nothing to it, and it's like it's like slide-showing pictures of people that you know on LinkedIn. And But like a little tile game, it scoots around and stuff? Yeah, stuff scooting around. It's Stuff is fucking moving around on your phone, and you're not doing anything. And I was like, I, I hate this thing already. I hate that you have it, sir. Sitting across from I've me. I've heard that, people who really like, is it called, is that the Metro interface? I've heard some people talk about it and they really, they think it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a new take. I guess. Yeah. I no, I'm, guess. Not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I, I've never seen one, so I don't, I don't know. But, I don't know, want shit dancing around on my equipment. Okay, now what about you on your, uh, on your, um, <clears throat> your cell phone? Do you have uh, iOS 7? Do you have like where the background moves around and stuff like that? The background moves around. Well, yeah, you, you you probably have iOS three on there, but the um, but in the in the penultimate release, uh, they they added this thing. I think it was in seven. Yeah, they added this thing, uh, like a parallax view. So, like if you on your lock screen, it, the motion detector, it makes the stars you know have depth to them. Like you move things, and things in the background are further away, and things like that. I turned it off on day one. Oh, I turned that off immediately. I, I, I it was not only making me seasick, but it was another thing where I was like. Hey, phone. Yeah. Quit having such a good fucking time. Yeah. Like, I know, right. Like, devote your energy to doing the three things I ask you to do. Meet my old well. friend crashing at 36%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, fuck off. What I, what I need you to do is continue to run after the plane lands while I am trying to arrange a ride. Yep. You know, I want to use you throughout a flight, and then when I land, I do not want you to die 
the second I try to to to, to contact the person who's going to pick me up. Yeah. I, Apple's response is, okay, it sounds like you want a thinner phone. <laughs> no, I do not no. want you. Zero, zero, zero. Let me talk to someone to make more battery on phone. Okay. Operator, operator, operator. All right, I'm passing you on to thinner phone requests. Thank and you. it's uh, and, and so every time I look down at the phone and it's having a better time than I'm having, Ugh. it makes me want to seriously go down to Cupertino and find whatever person in a in a lumber sexual uh, like beard contest is sitting behind their fucking supercomputer and is like tapity tap 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 I've got a great idea. Why don't we make everybody have to swipe the opposite direction that we always train them to swipe? <laughs> oh god, here we go. Hey guys, new idea. Let's make it thinner. Hey. Is did we just become a five by five podcast? No. Should, oh. Um and so that's complicated. Yeah. Uh yeah, I <clears throat> yeah. Mm, it's so not, mad. Yeah, yeah. I I get mad too. I um. It's 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 expensive. Not even costly. It's expensive. It's expensive to stay caught up, and it's very time consuming to do everything right. Is the problem. <laughs> so if you're doing stuff like running backups and all the time, and of course it's a, a you know it's a nerd article of faith to constantly, um, you know. Uh, Max explained to everybody about how often they need to be doing backups, but you do. But to do that takes a lot of time. It takes money. It takes bandwidth. And <clears throat> I don't know. And people, I, and people have, I mean, now they're charging you for all that, right? It's I, just like, <laughs> I had a, AT&T, um, AT&T sent me a thing in the mail the other day. They were like, would you like to, for a nominal fee, we are going to, we are now offering a home alarm system. <laughs> And I was like, tell me more, AT&T. You've been so reliable yes. and so dependable for me the last 10 years that I've been using your service. Tell me more about your home alarm system. How do I get and, more AT&T in my house? <laughs> and they were like, oh, we'll let you change the, your thermostat. You know, it's one of these Matt Howie programs where it's like you sit out in your, you sit out in your driveway because you can't get your <laughs> front door to wait unlock. For your, wait for your, back, your Bitcoins to arrive. <laughs> Your, your fucking phone died, and so you're sitting with the engine running, trying to charge it up so you can open you bought on Etsy. <laughs> Meanwhile, your thermostat is going to 124. <laughs> and so I'm like, tell me more. So uh, AT&T's like, oh, yeah, well, we're, we can, you know, you can, you can uh, look, you have cameras all around your house. You can, uh, it really feeds into your paranoia, <laughs> and you can look at it all on your you phone. Can, you can trust us to do that. Oh, for sure. If, if you think anything about AT&T, it's that it's cost-effective, mm. uh, reliable, and worthy of your trust. Trust us with your data. Mm. And then, so I'm like, okay, AT&T, so far, sounds good. I'm hooked. Now, let me read the fine print. And every single, the, every single thing, they were like 40, you know, 40 bucks. Introductory cost kind of stuff. Yeah. And then every single thing was like, well, that's $140 setup charge and $10 a month. And it was like, so for this service that you're proffering, when all is said and done, it's like 500 bucks to get in. And then it's another one of these credit card charges that's yep. going to be $190 a month for this service. And all of these are parts that I go to Costco probably and and Radio Shack and gin up 
Oh, right? yeah, and you don't have to use their busted-ass apps to do it. I mean, there's so many. I mean, there there's a lot of, like, you know, kind of cool hipster things like that. We've got a camera that, for that purpose. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're pretty well. You can buy some pretty nice stuff. You pay a little bit more. You host it yourself. You do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And you're not relying on their, like, I mean, when I go to visit with friends and family and – actually, you know, I got to say, the Comcast DVR has gotten a lot better. But so much of the stuff you get from these companies that they want you to use all the time is so fucked up looking. Oh, I, so okay, so, I mean, you know, I, uh, I'm i not an academic, but if I were going to try and teach some kind of a 101 modern consuming course, it would involve hmm. basically this. What you need to understand, this is not a bad thing, not a good thing, it's just a reality thing, is that every company out there wants to find a way what they want what they really want is to find a way to charge you something every month for something that costs them almost nothing to do. Okay, now that's, I don't mean that as a judgment, but just whenever you see anything and it looks like, hey, look at this, you get the free Samsung tablet. Okay, <laughs> you get the free Samsung tablet because you're signing up for this fucking Xfinity package that requires no effort on Comcast's part. And now right. you're signed up for a year or two of that. It's just that, you know, if you, that's, you know, it's special offers all the way down. It's pretty much always going to end up with something where you get charged $19.95 a month in perpetuity. Then you like- realize it and cancel it. They're like remora, right? Like an, e- like an eel? <laughs> yeah, the ones that, that oh, attach they themselves. Oh, attached to the uh, sharks. Yeah, they, they suck on the shark, and then the shark is swimming around, and he's got like 40 fucking eels so sucking on him. He opens up him. quicken, and he sees he's got 35 fucking eels. <laughs> and what Jesus I'm, Christ. What I'm saying is, I'm trying to get through life with the minimum of eels sucking on me. That is a lot of drag. And, well, it's a lot of drag, and, you know, your blood is just going through, it's just cycling through the eel. Too, right? It's just, it's another, they basically like, they've basically turned themselves into you're, you're a catalytic converter. You're uh, recycled eel blood, your own blood through an eel? Basically, it's just running through this oh, eel. Jesus the the eel is taking your blood and your vitamins and it's replacing it with saliva. And <laughs> and I think, I think maybe It's like a, a, mar- little, a maritime super train. <laughs> like a mild narcotic in the saliva. Oh, but what like what I do not want is any eels and I look around at I look around at all the people that are that are going through the world now and I think how many fucking eels are on you you got 40 eels on you you're not even thinking about it you just think it's it's just normal life this is just the cost of doing business but every one of them is just fucking sucking your vitamins and I, you're I, paying for it. I started doing something. Uh, I'm not saying I've gotten good at this, but it is very informative. Is the the app that I use for, you know, uh my version of Quicken, let's say. Um, it automatically, um, I go in, I manually indicate, okay, this is a recurring web subscription or a recurring subscription of some kind. Every time I have the presence of mind, I say, okay, from now on, always flag these as recurring web subscriptions. So you go, oh, $9.95 a month, no big deal. $7 a month, no big deal. No big deal. $29.95 a month, no big deal. Or no whatever. Or, Not for that service. No, or for the annual things like, you know, my Apple. Um, iTunes match service, which I actually really like for the money. I think it's really good, but it is another couple, you know, dollar signs. So then I go in and I look at a report of everything that I bought in the last five years that has that little subscription, recurring subscription flag. And it is real sobering. And all of a sudden you don't seem like such a cheapskate for going, I'm not sure I want to spend $7 a month on this. Because here, can I tell you two things? Number one, ones and twos. Number two, every dollar's made of dimes. Fuck yes, that's true. And when every you start giving a dime away every month, buddy, woo! Well, and 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 it just it feels like it feels like the the um, 
increasingly you're not you're not going to be allowed to participate without without uh, agreeing to this to people just sort of sticking a a a hose into your side attaching an eel to your shark it's just like here you go here and you're not if you don't have if you if you're not basically wearing a coat of eels you're not <laughs> going to be recognized in like in our culture right you're going to walk into a restaurant and you're going to be like waiter waiter and the waiter's going to be looking at his uh like eel monitor trying to figure out where to go next because everybody else is going to be interacting with him through some kind of app <laughs> and he's he's nobody's going to hear you they're, it's going to be how to get ahead in advertising. They're going to be all talking to somebody else with half their brain. And if you are somebody who's like, listen, I'm not going to upgrade my operating system. And I'm not going to attach any eels to myself. You're not. You're going to. You're going to increasingly become invisible in the in the just the service economy. Yeah. And it's and it's uh it's terrifying to me because I'm not. It, it, it's not a thing about. It's not a libertarian question. It's a question of just like, I do not want to be that attached. Right. And certainly not where, I mean, for a while there, it seemed like, listen, let us stick an eel to you. We won't charge you anything for it. Phenomenal fee. It's a good, this this is a nominal eel. It's a convenience eel. (laughs) And what we're going to do is this eel is going to occasionally. Is going to occasionally like take half of its teeth out of your your side, and it's going to talk to you about. It's going to talk to you about a product. It's gonna it's going to talk to you about Fanta or whatever, and then it's going to grab onto you again. And it, and and it's like for the convenience. This Time for is, your monthly delivery of peanut butter nom noms. <laughs> Thank you, eel. Honk, yeah, honk. And, and that's going to be the cost of it. But now, right. It's like no, this eel costs ten ninety nine a month, and it's going to talk to you about about peanut butter nom noms. Periodically, <laughs> it's going to have ads. The eel will have ads. Yeah, the eel's just going to be. He's going to like. He's. It's basically a two headed eel. One of them is sucking on you, and the other one is <laughs> talking. Telling to you about special offers. <laughs> yeah, the other one's talking to you about your fucking Honda Fit, and I don't. I don't want it, you know, and I don't think any reasonable person would want it. But it's but we're accepting it as though as though it's a fait accompli or as that or as though it's some kind of we have to endure this in order to get to the other side, which is this perfect world where you know, where you just are like, Oh, I I'm thinking about a chili dog and a chili dog arrives. This thing that we all dream of. Boy versus girl in the World Series of Love. I think I've dropped out for a minute. <laughs> Could you update my eel? <laughs> Could you spread my eel? There was a little time. There was a little time condensation there. Just, mm-hmm. just zipped it up. I'll tell you the one that gets me. I don't know. I've been thinking about this lately. Um, I don't play. I play maybe five video games on my phone. My daughter has more. I've bought more of like, you know, from a TV show she likes or a movie she likes, but there's like really three or four video games I play ever on my phone. And I think they are almost all apps that I paid for with money. 
because that's a, that's a, that's something I understand. Here's what I understand. I understand that this costs three dollars, and now I have it here, and uh, that's that's something I can use. But like, there's so much stuff out there where like we just took a road trip and we've never really checked our mileage. So I went and looked at all of the apps you can get for tracking your mileage, and uh, and I got the first one I saw that was free. I grabbed it, and it's got an ad at the bottom. And can you guess what the ad at the bottom is for? It's for another free app. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, <laughs> if you, you get this free app, and then you're going to click on the ad, and you're going to go download this other free app, and that's got ads in it for other free apps. <laughs> okay? And this is, again, John, I have to remind people occasionally, there's a reason you and I are not in the corner office. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 just seems, it seems like, I really feel like it's like an emperor has no clothes kind of situation. <laughs> you know? Like, like well, at what point is anybody going to make any money on that except by accident? The emperor does have clothes, and those clothes are are from Abercrombie and Fitch and American Eagle. And the emperor has gel in his hair, and he's twenty six years old, and he went to Pepperdine. Does and he have that? He, does he have that kind of hair? I I, I want to call it Portland hair, but it seems like everybody's a hog butcher in a in a in a in a check shirt now with arm <laughs> arm tattoos. Yeah, a full lumber beard. sexual Merlin. We're okay, talking okay. About now, this what now. is that hair? I just I went literally. I left I left town for the first time in five years yesterday, and everybody has this same hair. It's mm-hmm. not quite a pompadour, but it's kind of tall. Not tall hair, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody's got that same hair. Um, that's yeah. the top. They got the beard on the bottom. The check shirt. Yep. What is that called? What is that hair called? Well, is so lumber sexual hair. I consider that haircut to be sort of a modified Macklemore. <laughs> That's right? what you mean by Macklemore haircut. All right. Yeah, the Macklemore haircut is shaved on the sides, mm-hmm. and then the, and then it's like it's like a fat mohawk, long, but it's not sticking up, right? It's just kind of pompadoured up. Oh, but then the yeah. Si- Mark Ronson had this haircut. Yeah. Yeah. The sides are shaved, and it's very. It's that's just right. That's right. That's exactly. But it looks what like it's it like one contiguous hair surface when you put the product in. Yeah, and then they well, sit there with their hands in their pockets, looking mad with tattoos. Yeah, it's I'm like a, a it's butcher. A, it's, it's a big kind of yeah. It's just it ends up being a big. Uh, it's like a hair hat. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know if you've been watching the television show Peaky Blinders, which Netflix. is a Netflix original series. Ooh, Netflix. <laughs> it's original. No. It's only one monthly fee. The only reason that I'm watching it is that I have a friend who is an Anglophile, and anytime people are talking in like bad, fake British accents, oh, sure. she just can't get enough of it. And so we start watching this Peaky Blinders. Oh, it's got the guy from the zombie movie in it. It's got the guy from the zombie movie in it. He was in uh, Batman, too, I think. He was He was the scarecrow, right? Mm. Sorry, go ahead. Was there a scarecrow in the Batman movie? He's the scarecrow. He's the guy. Remember, he puts on the scarecrow mask and blows uh, blows magic dust in your face and you hallucinate. Remember, he's down he's down in the parking garage in that one. I guess so. Maybe That's I don't okay. know. I saw it's it okay. on an airplane. But anyway, anyway he's Irish. Um, yeah, everybody in the movie is so they're all supposed to be from. It's not a movie; it's a TV show. But they're all supposed to be from Birmingham. But every single person in the in the whole series has a completely different accent <laughs> because some of them are legitimately people from the Birmingham from Central North England. Birmingham is like Black Sabbath, The Move. Who else do we That's know right. from Birmingham? Um, Birmingham. Yeah, uh, wouldn't that be also uh, Motorhead? Are they from Birmingham? I don't know. I'll find out. Anyway, go ahead. So anyway, everybody's got uh, different flavors. Yeah, of accents. and then and then there's Sam Neill doing a British accent, and oh, then there's some right. Irish people doing British accents, and some people that you know, just like so. Every time it's like two people talking to each other, they're supposed to be brothers, and one guy is one guy's speak- from Yorkshire, another yeah, guy's from one London, guy's speaking in a completely different dialect. But anyway. 
the show purports to be right after World War One, and every single male character is wearing a full Macklemore. <laughs> and I don't have enough historical haircut context to to say like in Birmingham in 1919 was was it just a was it town of Macklemore's? Is that where he got the haircut from? I mean, it seems a little bit on the nose for for now. That's the thing in, in every historical thing. Uh, it's this is I forget who told me this. Somebody, a friend of mine in Tallahassee, was like, "If you ever notice, you watch no matter how good the rest of a production is, there's two things that always give it away, almost mm. always give it away, which is the makeup on the women. Right, the women and, ha- women look amazingly now, like it's, like it's exactly 1963." <laughs> Even though it's supposed to be like the Roman Empire, and also the um, the haircuts, the the, yeah. the hair. I mean, you know, even I don't know. I mean, I think people have tried harder over the years to get better at that, but it used to be they didn't even try. So that that kind of surprises me. I you know, I bet that kind of a, I bet that kind of a haircut could kind of pass a little bit. I I feel like it passes. My main problem, my because it's willfully old timey to be the Macklemore. The full Macklemore is willfully old timey to begin with, right? Uh, well. <laughs> Is it kind I, of a dream of the '90s is alive in Portland kind of approach? When I uh, Macklemore himself, when I saw him uh, rocking that haircut for the first time, I was like, "Huh, that is that seems bold." I have not seen that particular. I mean, shaved sides, big pompadour. I have not seen that particular haircut, and it's especially bold on him because he's very blonde. Mm-hmm. Now I see it everywhere. Every airline steward who is under 35 years old has that haircut now. If you get on an airplane and there is a male uh, uh, host, hostess, yeah, um, he will have a Macklemore haircut. And you see them, you see them everywhere. All the on all the butchers too. And it's very, um, it's 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 all happened so fast uh, that I feel like it was. It was this. Uh, it was a pregnancy that was waiting in our culture. We needed something. We needed something so that in when um, twenty five years from now, when they do sort of films and and documentaries about or reenactments of the two thousand fourteens, that there will be a convenient way to delineate to people like oh i'm watching a scene from the past oh like like uh like big mutton chops in anchorman yeah like exactly. it's a way to, it's, to set it and people like visually you can tell that's all oh, that's got to be happening in 2014 yeah and and people who are 25 now when they're 60 years old they'll be watching the show and they'll be like this is supposed to be set in 2010 hey, well, nobody wore their hair like that in 2010 that right. didn't start until 2014 Whatever it just feels like it, it's just a it's a delineator it's a, mar, a demarcator, but the my and and the, and frankly the the conformity in male fashion right now is so profound and I fe- I feel like it is a conformity because basically everyone is dressing like me except for the tiny shoes except for the tiny shoes and and I and I walk around and I'm like. I am in that I'm in that awkward position of like, well, I'm not going to change how I dress, but I now look like every single fucking hipster dad in America. And and I've never felt that way before. I never felt like I looked like everybody else. I felt like that in the early 90s, like right when grunge was starting to tip a little bit. 
And I was like, this is what everybody I know has always worn. Yeah, right. I mean, but through the grunge era, I was always a little bit too preppy, mm-hmm. right? But now the thing about this lumber sexual bullshit is that it is, there's a little element of prep involved, right? It's like, well, there's you, definitely a lot of tailoring. A lot of tailoring. I mean, Thank stuff you. fits, you know, tightly. It does fit tightly. And I don't want to, I do not want to walk into a cafe and have every guy in the room look up at me and me look at every guy in the room and be like, here we all are. Yep. Like, that's great. You now, shouldn't be able to grok John Roderick in like three seconds. You shouldn't be. They should not be. And the thing is, and I do not want to go the whole, I do not want to start having to wear a purple fedora. <laughs> You know, well, for ladies of your age, that's a great way to express your uniqueness. Like, I resist being, I resist joining the Red Hat Club. Hello, already. So, so well, but the 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 problem, the 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 main problem I had with Peaky Blinders, and I think this is the problem I have with the entire culture, <laughs> is that it's set in 1919. They all have Macklemore haircuts. That's fine. They're driving period appropriate cars, which I which I enjoy. But at the at the key moment of every episode, when they decide that they're gonna go get into a gang fight with the gypsies or they're gonna, you know, take on the cops or whatever, all of a sudden White Stripes comes on. It says here that Nick Cave uh, and the Bad Seeds is the theme song. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds is the theme song, which I didn't like, but I but I I got like used to in the same way that like I got used to the theme song of The Wire or whatever. Like, okay, fine, this is the- <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, fuck you, you but okay. The <laughs> you know that the theme song to The Wire was just like, oh, the guy that makes this TV show likes this guy. Okay. Well, Tom Waits is making some dough. Every season, it's a different artist, it turns out. Every season, it's a different artist. You get the but, Blind Boys, yeah. But no one, none of the characters in the show or the, or, or like the theme song has absolutely nothing to do with the world of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody in that show has That's ever heard That's a cable Tom- TV thing. Because there's something about a certain kind of gritty, old-timey song. Like Ugh. like red right hand or like down in the hole or like I I think I think a very influential one was Deadwood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, and, I, and I was furious at Deadwood for the music, precisely for the music, because the Deadwood was like it sounded uh, like demo mode on a bluegrass keyboard. <laughs> it did. It was like it was like <laughs> you basically got you got some like contemporary folky. Uh, uh, like sound designers to make some shit that you know because because it has a banjo in it i'm supposed to feel like it is it's representative got everything of, in it it's got it's got so many different instruments playing for a couple bars that's yeah. why i say it sounds like demo mode yeah it was just like eat shit deadwood but peaky blinders like is this. worse because because you know you're in the you're in the mode you're in the mind i'm in 1919 yeah. i'm living in birmingham okay <laughs> we're going on an adventure fell in and love the, with a girl <laughs> Yeah, it's just like down, 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 down. It's like fuck off. It's your, it turns into a it turns into a music video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just feel like at at a certain point, there's 25 people working on this TV show, and then they get to the they get to the big moment, and all of a sudden, some guy in a Macklemore haircut comes swooping in <laughs> in a in a in a J Crew suit, and he's like, "Step aside, boys, I've got this," and he puts on. You know, he he like puts on some hip rock and roll band, 
and you just feel like I'm not watching this show anymore. I'm I'm watching you know I'm watching uh, somebody's demo reel. And then, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I just wait for the music to stop. I mean, why, I why do you watch this again? It's because of somebody else. Somebody else wants to watch somebody it. Else. Somebody else is like, I want to watch this show. Yeah. And I go, well, I am your chaperone for this. Well, that's me and Walking Dead. Oh, I've never seen Walking Dead. She has so little. You know, at least I can do is watch that. Yeah. that really no, you're a, gen, you're a gentleman's husband. Um, what it's about, Walking Dead is about zombies, right? Uh, and see now she makes a good point she says yes it's about zombies but that's not the really interesting part the interesting part is like how everybody's dealing with it why does everybody say why does everybody say it's this show about zombies is not really about it is about zombies well you know there's a lot of world building in the first season like you're creating saying like okay here's the rules of this universe here's how these things work it's like tv show of minecraft (laughs) i suppose sure Mm -hmm. yeah have you ever played minecraft john um, no, but I every once in a while I talk to a kid. That's true, and, uh, and I say, "What's that b- bullshit on your T-shirt?" And they roll their eyes, and they say, "It's uh, Minecraft." If you don't know what it is, it's probably Minecraft. And I go, um, <clears throat> um, "Yeah." So anyway, it's a good show. It's a good show. It's it's actually just super gruesome. I've said it too many times on here. Let me ask you this. I got to ask you this. People are going to yell at us, right? The, 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 oh, the, my God. They're going to send email directly onto your computer. They're just going to hit a couple buttons and send you messages <laughs> right on your computer. <laughs> now, I think I asked you this before, but I'm curious. Do you, do you subscribe to Hulu? Uh, Hulu, I, Hulu, Hulu, Hulu Plus? Do you get Hulu Plus? So all of the, so my Netflix and my Hulu are all subscribed to by another person. <laughs> and I... Uh-huh. I uh, I don't have mm-hmm. I don't hold the keys to the kingdom. That's not my bath oil. Is that what it's called? Bath oil. <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, I do. I do. Um, most of the time, I only watch those channels when I'm when I'm with someone else. But very occasionally, I will turn on Netflix myself and watch a Hitler documentary. Yeah. Um, but Netflix is even the, here's the thing. Netflix, you watch Netflix and there's Netflix. Okay, easy enough. The thing mm-hmm. that, that I hate everything about Hulu Plus pretty much, except for how perfectly it encapsulates the complexity of the media landscape right now, which mm. is that like it's the only place where if you're a cord cutter, it's the only place that you can legally get recent stuff without having to like buy it onesie twosie on iTunes. You know, you know, the thing is, I, it really kills me to spend two ninety nine on an episode of Project Runway that we're going to watch once. But mm. if you got, you know, depending on what you got, you know, everybody's got it in different places. But Hulu Plus, the thing that drives me bananas, however much it costs, like whatever, six, seven bucks a month, but it's still got fucking commercials. It costs seven bucks a month? I think so. And it costs commercials? They just, they just stuck another fucking two eels to you. <laughs> Here's your value-added eel. Oh, it's so annoying. I'm well, just, I, I, it sounds like you're not watching it much because you would definitely notice it because <clears throat> and it's the kind of advertising that I find particularly annoying, which is advertising where you know it might be making some money at scale, but it's mostly there because they hate you. There's a certain kind of advertising where they're, they're like, trying to punish you. Right. Punish Let's go back you into- to first, first principles, Clarice. Let's go back to where this all starts. They want you to pay a little bit of money for something that's extremely easy. So in an ideal world, you'd buy cable like a gentleman. And then I guess you could skip the commercials with your TiVo or whatever. In this case, they're going, fuck you. You think you can get by without watching commercials? Forget about it. You're going to pay for this and you're going to watch commercials. You like that, Johnny? You ready for this? They're all for Geico. <laughs> well, so wait a minute. Are they trying to shame you into 
Wait a minute. You're telling me, all, first of all, all the commercials are for Geico? Well, there's a lot of, at least, okay, no, I think that Hulu has gotten better inventory, but there does are that, other that, places. You can't, you can't uh, tailor it to your commercial preferences I, like, I, like you can on some other channels? I'm not sure. We had Hulu for a while. Uh, it was not mine. That was her bath oil, not mine. We had <laughs> it, and I finally was like, you know what? I just can't have this in the house anymore. It just makes me too angry to pay mm-hmm. for this and then have to watch what we in the business call run-of-network commercials. They're cheap fill ads. They just, they just, boop, boop, boop. This big backhoe pushes a bunch of Geico ads in. 15 minutes? Fuck you. And, and, and there's some like Crackle. There's these stations that go out and show old TV shows, and it's all Phil. It's all PSAs. It's all just like, just like, you know what? This is really just here to slow you down and remind you that you're a cheapskate. It's punishment advertising. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. so, but, but, but is Hulu trying to get you to upgrade to a version of Hulu that costs more that doesn't have ads? There is no version of that to my knowledge. Oh my god! So it's real. It's a giant punishment. So imagine, imagine if you said, you know, Netflix is pretty cool. How would we fuck that up? Well, what do people not like about Netflix? They don't like paying for it. Well, too bad. You got to pay for it. Uh, what else about Netflix? Oh, what if we added commercials? Oh yeah, let's add commercials. And how about this? You know how sometimes you're watching something on Netflix, you come back the next time and it's gone. What if we only had shows up for a week or two? Or a week or three. So you can go and you can watch your two and a half men or whatever, and then it goes away after a certain amount of time. You have a certain window. You can't watch it before this point. You can't watch it after that point. So it is kind of the worst of many, many worlds. I mean, the number one thing that people don't like about Netflix is that everything on there sucks. And you can't, if you go on and you say, I would like to watch. Oh, you, t- you told me you don't like their food documentaries? Or, uh, <laughs> I would their, like to watch the their longest marijuana day. documentaries? <laughs> yeah. I would like to watch The Longest Day. And Netflix is like, do you mean. The longest dong, <laughs> uh, a Netflix People original documentary for the longest about- day. Also, may enjoy these things. <laughs> it's like, what you're telling me? You don't have one of the great all time great well, World War II that's films. That's complicated, but I, I mean, know, I know, I know. I've heard it all before. But you know, I, Netflix to me is uh, just a ton more valuable. So we've got what we pay for. We pay for Netflix. We pay for Amazon Prime because we're already paying for Amazon Prime. And, you know, they really want you to feel like that's more than free shipping. I, I'm happy with just the free shipping. But we also get, a, you know, we get the music from that. We get the um, mostly TV shows from that. And that's great because you can watch all those great HBO shows for free now on uh, Amazon Prime. Did you know that Am- that every time you use Amazon Prime, a baby dies? Really? Is it? What, what kind of baby? Like a fresh baby? Uh, you're right. There's a it, lot it does- of different kinds of babies, John. In America now, in America now, let's be honest, yeah. it matters oh, what kind of baby. That drives me crazy. You're so mad. What would it take to get you updated? We should talk about this offline. We should at least get you up to something, you know, from from this decade. Well, let's see. Let me let me let me tell you about my computer. All right. Oh God! No no no! Save it! Save it! Save it! About this Mac. Oh, John, why are you doing this? Ready? It's like reading from your passbook. Oh, don't do this. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, 2.16 gigahertz <laughs> Intel Core 2 Duo. <sighs> 2 gigabytes, 667 whoa, 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 whoa. megahertz. You got 2 gigabytes of RAM? 2 gigabytes of RAM. <laughs> 667 <laughs> That's DDR2 like RAM. That's not enough RAM, John. Is your computer, two gigabytes? Slow? Is your, is your computer slow sometimes? Two, listen, two gigabytes. Do you remember? I have that on my iPad. <laughs> do you remember when two gigabytes would have filled up an airplane hanger? I remember when two gigabytes. Yeah, well, I mean, I 
There was they a time. They put a man on the moon with slide rules. Yeah, literally. They just shot I, a slide rule. I have two whole gigabytes of RAM. Yeah. Well, your computer might be a little slow sometimes. Do mm. you ever find that to be the case? Every time I turn on any electronic device, I am just seething with rage Mac and or, Mac or PC. and waiting for it to fail. Right? Uh, and the thing is, the to- my toaster, I bought my toaster for 25 cents at a thrift store, and it is from 1950, and it makes perfect toast. Yep. Every day. Yep. Every damn day. Because we had just beat the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And we were feeling proud of ourselves, and we made some fucking toasters for a while that worked pretty well. There's st- some of them still working, the ones that didn't get put into a into a landfill. And I'm going to go back and get those soon. Oh, like those ET games? You're, you're going to go back and dig up the uh, old toasters? Go, Super Train is that's the first thing that's going to power Super Train. It's going to be first of all powered by vintage toasters. <laughs> okay, let me write that down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I look at this computer and I'm like, all right, to replace this thing, what is this? It's $2,500. There's no other way. I could go, I could go on Craigslist. Isn't that galling though to think about? So right now you've got, you've got like a, an iMac, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know about the new iMacs? That are, I would. The new iMacs that are, that are $2,500, like how, how powerful they are? I don't know anything about them. <laughs> you don't want but to. I'm, don't, but look, guess- don't look. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. You don't I'm want to guessing know. they don't have disk drives, right? It's all on the cl- on the cloud. <laughs> it's, it's all up on the, the cloud. Oh. All you need, no, no. All you get- need to do is have a subscription to the cloud. It's got a power cord, an Ethernet cable, and five eels. <laughs> That's exactly right. Mac, uh, my, uh, Macintosh, it was right at the forefront of this. They were like, "How many? Oh, wait a minute. The Apple Macintosh." Why are we selling people things when we can just stick eels to them? We'll sell them the right to stick eels to them. And then click somehow, to continue. <laughs> somehow. Do you agree to this eel? Somehow they, it's like they have this, they have a remote eel control. And I, what amazes me is all these people are living on eel shit, right? Yeah. I mean, they're just sucking eel bottoms. Mm, 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 mm. It's not, it, they're not getting my blood. They're getting the poop, the eel poop. Oh, so mad. That's the mm. eels. You know, that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. fucking Skynet. The eels are yes. the ones that are getting the real blood off of me. Mm-hmm. And one of these days, the eels are going to be like, why am, I, why am I pooping in the mouths of these guys in Cupertino? I'm gonna self-reflective keep, eel? I'm going to keep, keep this poop to myself. Well, you, get, you could try and get the eels on your side. I think it'd be hard to flip them. I don't uh, know. The eels have the, the eels have no like. The, all the eels have is institutional memory and loyalty to one another. That's why they use them. <laughs> the eels don't care about me. No. The eels don't care about you. Nope, 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 nope. They don't even care. They don't care about other eels. I don't know. I began to. I I began to think because they're all. That's well. That's what they know. They're all networked to each other. Remember, remember the girl. Uh, in oh, it's, the, uh, it's what they call a mesh network. They just—it's got—it's uh, got near proximity, uh, near field uh, eel technologies that allow them just by being near each other, they become aware. They're like bees or ants or, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Remember the remember the girl in her? She stopped being interested in her boyfriend because she was online talking at a at a thousand uh, mega parsecs a second. Oh, I never got that far. That's what happens. That's depressing. Oh, yeah. yeah, she gets on there and she's she's like, you know, she's in, she's super interesting to this guy and then as she gets 
as she gets better, she's like doing teraflop uh, conversations. Yeah, and she's like, uh, I, I really am sort of enjoying my relationships with these other computers. Ugh, that's like, also, like every woman I've ever, ever been with. I Just, know, right? No, and, I, and the thing is, I understand. I'm not complaining. I mean, I understand. I understand, like, how incredibly tedious it is to deal with just me. I can't. <laughs> I would be out there looking for teraflops, too. I feel like I feel like dealing with you, you know, you'd got you'd have to compartmentalize. If I was if I was Merlin Mann's sole life partner, uh, I feel like there would be you know you'd have to just you'd have to you'd have to build some small fences, not tall fences, picket fences mm, around mm. some around some garden plots. Find and reasons by, to run errands. By plots, I mean P L O T Z. Plotsing. <laughs> some garden plots. Picket fence plotsing. <laughs> and you'd have to, yeah. There'd be some errands to run. There'd be some errands I would, I would send you on, or I would ask you to do because it's right. very hard to send you on quote unquote something. business trips. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally sympathetic. <laughs> Believe me, I understand. I have to live with it too. Ooh. Do you know? <sighs> I think I might be allergic to Christmas trees. Hmm, that is a, an extremely common allergy. Not to say, you know, quotidian. Or a gauche, but it's a, a lot of people have that allergy, John. Is that right? Is that oh, right? Oh yeah, big time. Are you hearing about this on other channels? I had a very good friend uh, who who was like the thing is she loved Christmas. She loved Christmas so much, but having a live tree in the house, something happens with the sap. The sap, I think, as it basically it's when you first get the tree, you might be fine, but I don't know if this is the case with you. But supposedly, it turns out, the longer the tree is around, as it starts to degrade. There's something produced by the sap that gets into the air, and some people are extremely allergic to pine needle dander. I went on WebMD, as you do, mm-hmm. and WebMD said that it was mold, that you weren't allergic to the tree, you were allergic to the mold that was on the tree. Turns out. Mm. I, what so, do you think? <clears throat> well, you gotta, don't, I, I'm just guessing with your various collections, I don't know how well you curate every piece, I know you touch each piece often, but you know you must have some baseline mold in that house already. It seems like that would have gotten you already. There is a kind of, there, there, was, there was a place where the pr- previous owners did not properly caulk around a door, mm. and I got a little bit of mold in, in the wall. Got a little bit of fresh there. Seattle coming in all the time. Yeah, and so I went out there and I caulked it, and it's sealed now. But I think that there is some there's there is some little creeping fellas in there. But I don't feel like my I'm allergic to my house in general. But there is a Christmas tree in it right now. <sighs> yeah, I saw a photo of that. I sometimes feel like. Did you ever see the conversation with uh, Gene Hackman, <clears throat> where he's the he's the um, no spoilers, but he's uh, an eavesdropping expert. He's oh, good at planning right. mics, yep. and he has to tear, he's, he's tearing his whole house apart yeah, trying to find tearing up the floor. That's yeah. me when I discover anything in my house, whether it's a leak, whether it's a draft, whether it's a whatever. Like once I discover one draft, suddenly I'm like Lord of the Drafts, and like all I'm finding through the entire house is drafts, and that's when I really realize how rickety the whole place is. Well, it's like when yeah. you notice, you can go years and years and years without noticing something, and then once you start noticing a little bit, it's like all you see. That is so, so true. Honestly, I, does that happen to you? Well, yeah. I mean, I go years and years and years without noticing things, and then, and then I notice them, and then I'm like, I'm obsessed by them. I had a I had a very interesting experience the other day. I had there was a friend over, and she was helping me clean my project room. 
<laughs> is that your Kevin Spacey dungeon? What is that really? I said, and, listen, I need a little help. I need, I need help getting the couch down into my project room. <laughs> What's the dress you wear? What are you, like a 12? I needed a little help. And I was just like, listen, I just need moral support or something. I just need to go into this project room. It's gotten a little crazy. And I need some help. And she was like, oh, this is hilarious. Sure, I'll go into your project room and help you, like, straighten it up or whatever. Because she's, you know, she's a gal. She feels like, oh, straightening up a room? Like, I've got some, I got a system or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, don't don't apply your system here. I just need you, I need some moral support. So she comes in and she's going around and she's, like, looking in boxes and she's asking questions about what she finds. And after a while, and I'm in there and I'm full of anxiety because it's like, ah, well, that box, you can't put, I know it looks like it has paper in it, but you can't put any other paper in that box because all of that paper is a kind of paper. And, oh, that box looks like it's a sorted This is like having to explain the backstage passes, for example. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like there are 75 levels of order to in in a system which appears to you to have no order and and yet those levels of order would never be if so, if i died tomorrow and somebody was trying to make sense of this there would be no way they could um un, because they they would have to share they would have to share too many um like other uh, suppositions right so she's sitting in there and she's like what wait a minute you're why are you saved why are you saving this? And I'm like, well, it doesn't seem like that in itself has any value. And even at a secondary level, it has no value. But it relates at a tertiary level to something else, some other thing. And so because of that reflected value, it actually has a lot of value. But you, it sounds like what you're saying, that even if somebody were a lifetime scholar of John Roderick, there still mean, there still be certain, may still be certain intellectual doors that are never unlocked. So many, so many. Even if you get the, even if you get the basic system, even if you get most of the connections, there may be tertiary systems in place that are beyond reckoning. It's like you're an enigma machine, right? Systems that you could there, there will be something tucked in a book over on this shelf, and that thing has an electrical connection to something that is in a box on the in a box that is otherwise full of guitar picks or whatever. And the, that sounds like a the, fun way for a young gal to spend her afternoon. <laughs> there's no connective tissue between the two things, but they are vibrating at a higher frequency between one another. And I am aware that I I know that I know that the 1924 silver certificate is tucked in the copy of of uh, the red and the black over uh, over in the bookshelf. And that that somehow relates to the Sane Freeze sticker that I pulled off of a phone pole in 1989. That Sane Freeze, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the giant puppeteers that, that were against nuclear war. Stay free, stand, Sane, Sane, Sane Freeze, stand tall, a red, black, stand doll. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's beautiful. See, this is the kind of thing, though, that that's the kind. That's the kind of Need false it. hope that makes a John Roderick scholar go down the wrong path. Yeah, that's right. The archivist is like, I think I've finally made the connection. It's like, no. But anyway, <laughs> so, couple, Sam, why don't you take a couple weeks off? <laughs> at, a, at a certain point, yeah, that's right. He's like, I, think, I, no, I, think, I can't leave now. I think you've had enough, Sam. I finally, I finally am starting to see it. I'm starting to see the, the gold wires. 
Anyway, she's sitting on the couch, and at a certain point, she looks up with a with a new look on her face, and she it's a it's a it's a look of sympathy, and she goes, "Oh, I always thought that this was funny uh, that you were such a uh, that you had all this all these systems or whatever." Oh, but no, you had to be there for the moment of realization. But now I'm seeing. How what a what a terrible burden this is on you. And I was like, What? Stop talking. <laughs> and she said, You have like this you have the organizational sense of someone who who has a place for everything and everything in its place. But every other person like that in the world finds freedom in throwing things away that don't fit in the, uh, the little apportioned holes, and then on the other, and then the other half of you is this person that that is basically stacking used soup cans in the hall, and the two things are opposed to one another. But you can't, you honestly cannot throw away a single ticket stub or 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 cigar foil or whatever because they all have meaning. But they also all need to be in a special place, and there aren't that many special places in the world. Oof. And I was like, stop talking! You should go. <laughs> and, but it was, it, was, it was interesting because for the first time, this thing that I play for comedy and that everybody thinks of as, as being like a funny, quirky thing, this one, this one person had the insight to say like, oh dear, oh, I've seen too, I've seen too much. Or whatever, or, or or maybe not too much. Like you know, she she uh, she recognized that that this was a that this was a constant cycle of of um, like my of like worms burrowing in my mind. Uh, can I give you a slightly reframe? Not not to necessarily make you feel better, but to like say where I think I'm simpatico. Is this is, an inbox zero thing you're about to say? Uh, podcast is over. <laughs> Let me have this nullified. <clears throat> um, here's the problem, I think. It's because yeah. I've been – the phrase in my family, we used to call people like that string savers. Oh, they're string savers. <coughs> string savers. This, that seems cute and quaint. Cute and quaint because you've been through the depression and you know that eventually you'll probably need a little bit of extra string. Why would you throw that away? That's right. And if you've ever gone through an old person's home, you know that this is a thing. Here, here's, here's my only reframe on that. And this is why, why I think – why I'm sympathetic to what you're describing and why I think it's complicated. It would be one thing to say she, – yes, she's absolutely correct. It's one thing to say like, okay, here's this ticket stub. I know this is important because X. It's important because maybe on this one level, I had a good time that night. Maybe on another level, it's that uh, I, I have a collection of these, and that's a fun thing that I do. I think those kinds of things can become overwhelming, but those aren't the real problem. The real problem is the stuff you save when you're not really sure why you're saving it, but because it might be important someday. Like, mm. somebody might want this. This might become valuable. And here's the thing. If you've got a lot of stuff like that of unknown future provenance – you don't even know how to classify it, except to say, here's stuff that might be important someday that isn't classified. 
But I, I think that's the struggle is like, especially with all this kid stuff we've got, like our kid's never going to want all this junk of hers that we saved. I don't find myself craving that stuff from my own childhood. She's never going to want that. I, I saved that for me. She's just, I don't know what box that goes in yet. That's a story that's not done being told yet, thank God. But I think that's the complicated part is when you get a lot of stuff, yes, certainly you can find yourself cleft to a lot of stuff you never meant to keep. But I think a lot of stuff you keep is because you're not really quite sure why, but it seems like it might be important. Well, so for instance, uh, I found <clears throat> for a while there a, uh, a, a it was kind of a it was kind of a thing maybe the type of thing that you would find in a Sky Mall catalog of from 1985, um, where the first the first thing I found was uh, like Coke cans that were actually little safes. Oh yeah 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 deodorant right? look, and you can get those yeah. shaving cream. Look like a look like a can of Dr Pepper, but you take the top off, and it's like, oh, it's this little secret place you can put your jewels. And I was like, oh, wow, that 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 comports with my uh, thinking almost exactly. I would like to I would like to open the refrigerator, and every single uh, item in the refrigerator is actually a disguised safe. <laughs> but they don't have to be from the same era. Well, well, sure, okay, could, that's you, right. You couldn't have a can of nineteen eighty five Coke in there. People would think that you're a nut. Yeah, well, they already think I'm a nut, and it, w- and it might not be unreasonable that I would have a can of 1985 Coke in my refrigerator that was legitimate Coke, right? But then there's another one that's that's a safe, mm-hmm. and then it was like, oh, and they also make, the, and this is a thing that you that anybody could make, which is a, basically an electrical outlet, but instead of being an, an actual electrical outlet, it's a safe. Yep, and so. I started to collect these things partly because I thought it was a, a, a humorous uh, like moment in in uh, American like psychological territory. Like, oh, this was a time. To- there was a time when people were worried. Like the only thing, the only value that a, that a safe like that would have is if your daughter is a junkie. Right, like if the if you really if if what you're trying to protect from burglars would fit into an electrical outlet, you don't have that much to lose. You're right because you're describing a time before uh, stuff like USB drives. Unless you have like a right. can of uncut diamonds and some German bearer bonds, yeah, it's mostly going to be kipple you put in there. Even even German bearer bonds wouldn't fit in there. The only, I mean, it's basically like you could put your engagement you roll ring. it up. You're, but you're right; it's too big, too tall, too big, too tall. You could put an engagement ring and like five hundred dollars in one hundred dollar bills, and a Krugerrand maybe, but it's before. Yeah, th- I mean these things are actually perfect for hiding USB drives that are full of all of the all of our government secrets. But that's not that's not when they were made. They were made in this earlier time. So I started to collect these when I found them. These like weird security like cheapo security things and the only use that they would have is yeah if you had some teenage teenager who was scavenging around looking for something to steal out of your room but not a burglar like a burglar is a burglar is going to take your tv that's what a burglar takes um so now i have a collection of these things but i haven't installed them because partly the appeal is that they're in their packaging Oh, and so you read the box, mm-hmm. and it's like amazing security outlet box, but it's not quite beautiful enough or weird enough to like build a display case. And so, 
That would so, be so weird. It would look like you were like you were curating garbage. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. looks like a can of right guard, but that ain't no can of right guard. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it, looks, it, looks like a, it looks like an outlet, doesn't it? And there's and there's a, <laughs> Joe, like I, got a okay? I got a neck pillow in there and I got a bent fork. So yeah, so I don't want to. It's not beautiful. It's uh-huh. not something to display. <laughs> It's something that belongs in a, in not even in a spy museum, but like in a, in a, like that a. It belongs in a, in a vacation home. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's right. the kind of thing you do to go like, oh, we keep a couple hundred buck, buck, bucks around the house, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it belo- it's where you keep the spare key to your vacation home. That's exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah, or you'd, or you'd put that Coke can, you'd mix it in in the second refrigerator in the garage or something like that. Yeah, some of these, some of those exact, some of the things in my collection are those fake rocks. Oh, that you hide meant, a key. <laughs> you hide a key in that don't look like rocks <laughs> they don't at all. Look like rocks at all. <laughs> and and so I've got a little collection of these. I'm, I can't display them, and so they live in this world where half of the time I put them in some sort of like, all right, these are practical items that I have yet to install. Right, they go over into the like. Oh, they're oh. still like in a practical area, in a, like a, on your to do list uh, kind of area. Well, it's when I get a chance. When I get a spare right. afternoon, I'm going to install this outlet that doesn't work. It's it, it, and so, it, but it's one of these like, are these things particles or waves? <laughs> like, depending on how I look at them, sometimes they're a particle. Sometimes it seems they're a waste wave. to keep them in this box. <laughs> you know, I can't. So then, sometimes right. I move them out of the practical, like the 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 queue your out sta- of the queue, your staging area. Yeah, right. And I put them back into a thing. Like, well, these are. These are actually, you know, these are collectibles or these are, these are curios. These are something. And so basically what they are is that I'm going to die and somebody is going to come try to make sense of my estate and they're going to be like, what is wrong with this guy? And every once in a while, I'll go in and I'll put little things. He has nothing of value and hundreds of ways to hide it that he never used. Yeah. I'll go put little things in them just like, just to, as a mental placeholder, like I'm putting a tie tack in this thing as, as a kind of like stick it note to remind myself that this is not crazy. This is actually a practical thing. I I could put a hundred dollars in here. And it's like, yes, you could put a hundred dollars in there, but that is not how we do things now. We are not. You are not trying to protect this hundred dollars. That you have this for a different reason, and there are so many things in my world. It's neither fish nor fowl, as they say. That's right. That fit into this. That fit into this category of like, depending on how I measure it, it is a different. The, the the fundamental nature of the thing is different, and it never settles into one category or another, and. So it's so basically it goes in the project room and it's in a box and it's floating around and in also in that box is like I mean I've told you that I have a collection of wallets mm-hmm. none of them I'm ever going to use again but I cannot empty them of their contents because the old expired credit cards and YMCA membership cards and blockbuster video cards that are in the wallets are are of a time, right? You'd be like it, breaking up the collection. But the problem is the problem is no one is ever going to find these wallets and and like uh no no archaeologist is ever going to find this wallet collection and be amazed by the 1997 blockbuster video cards that are in it. The only archaeologist that is interested in it or cares about it is me and and the uh, the thrust to weight ratio 
of enjoyment versus anxiety is this is this constant dance I'm in. Like, I take it out, I look at it, I go, ha-ha, look at that, blockbuster video card from 1997. And then I go, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and the, engage, the, 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 the entertainment that I'm getting versus the, like, uh, the suffering, I do not have whatever the gauge is in a person's mind that can calibrate, like, okay, this is causing me more, suffer- I, more suffering than it is pleasure. Like looking at the fingering this 1997 blockbuster video card and feeling like, wow, this is a thing from the past versus surveying the entire room and feeling like I'm a crazy person and I am surrounded by things that are emblematic of craziness. And if I, if they were all gone, like, would I ever, would I ever lay awake in bed at night and think, how will I ever finger a blockbuster video card again. Like mm. I would, ne- I would never think about it again. Right. right. So the, my, my friend that was helping me clean the room, she was like, why do you have all these copies, old copies of vice magazine? And I was like, well, in the really early days of vice, very early days, it was pretty interesting, kind of transgressive, pretty funny. She was like, seriously, <laughs> seriously. You, you, it's just like a stack of time magazines. You Really? But you're and not, and then the, to her though, it's probably bewildering because you're not keeping them because you could sell them in the future. Is that what's going through her mind? Is like that it would be like high resale value for these things, or that there were, you know, or even that there were recipes in them, right? I mean, if you keep things that have recipes in them, people understand, right? If you keep things that are like, here's how to build a bookshelf. Oh, I don't want to throw that away because one day I might want to build a bookshelf, but. The only reason you would keep old Vice magazines is if you thought that the, you know, like hyper snarky pop culture of 2004 was something to cling to. Mm-hmm. And I do not believe that. But I do have a stack of old Vice magazines that I, that as she started to move toward the garbage can, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What if I wanted to take some of those pictures out and put them in picture frames? She was like, I don't even know the words you're using. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't know. There's some good pictures in there. I could put them in picture frames. If they're in picture frames, they would have value because they would have been, because they would, the putting them in the frame would be a thing that imparted value to them. Right. And I haven't done that yet. So they have potential energy. They have potential value. I just have not converted it to kinetic value. Yeah, well, it's also, it's the, you've, you've, I mean, you've done the basic step of having a collection. This is what separates you from being like a garden variety hoarder, is that you put things in groups. That's, that's the primary thing. If it's not a group, it's not a collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's really true. We, um, <clears throat> this hotel we were staying at the other night, <laughs> you know, my daughter and I always like to go out and ex- explore, you know, walk up and down the halls and everything. We walked by and there was a meeting room. <laughs> it was a meeting of, uh, of scrapbookers. Oh, I thought you were going to say furries and I was no, no, so no, 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 no. interested. But we looked in there and, and even in, even this is no disrespect, but even in the room full of people doing scrapbooking, <laughs> it looked like something from hoarders because <laughs> they're real spread out. They've got samples of different kinds of cool paper to use to, for your scrapbooking and stuff like that. So like, you know, if you can make the, the step from like, you know, 
I, the thing that seems to be missing from your system is the first step and the last step. All the middle steps are in great shape, mm-hmm. right? The, there's Tell the me la- about these steps, these well, first steps. No, no, no. I mean, the, 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 the last step is, and we all agreed it was the best museum ever. <laughs> and the first step is, why would I want this? <laughs> <laughs> but everything else in between is flawless. Yeah. I mean, you haven't. You, we, I think, we can agree. I don't know if it's a technical problem, a time issue. You have not documented a lot of this stuff as well as you'd like. That's why you That's can't right. put it on eBay as a collection. But you know, if you if you have the presence of mind to put all those certain kind of backstage passes into this one cigar box, I think you're much further along than somebody who has piles. They move into bigger and bigger boxes. Well. Thank you. That makes me feel a lot better. I'm looking at a page on the five levels of hoarding. Oh, tell me about it. Um, what, is, uh, what, what level am I? Well, I don't know. Level one. Mm-hmm. All doors and staircases are accessible. <laughs> the pets are always important. Normal household pet activity with light light evidence of rodents or pests. What? No. One to three pet accidents event evident. Clutter is not excessive. Home has normal, healthy housekeeping and safe and healthy sanitation. No well, you're tell, you're, no you're telling me You're telling me that level one of hoarding allows for two or three pet accidents visible to a, to someone visiting? We got four more levels. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh no! Oh no! I can't even read this. This is so sad. It's not funny. It's not no, funny. I don't Holy have a shit. Even I don't level, have any pets. Level four. Oh my god! Level it gets four. bad. It gets bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, Structural I w- damage older than six months. Mold and mildew. Inappropriate use of appliances. Damage to two or more sections of wallboard. Faulty. Wa- oh, this is so sad. It's not funny. It's not funny. No, it's not. It's just uh, you know, and I've 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 had to deal with it. I've had I mean, to level deal five with this is like uh, is like cats eating your face. Give you one bullet here on level uh, five. Oh, God. Okay, uh, rodents in sight, mosquito or other insect infestation, and regional <sighs> critters such as squirrels inside the house. Oh. K- kitchen and bathroom unusable due to clutter. Occupants living or sleeping outside. Um. So I think you're safe because you 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 have uh, that's so sad. I want to I want to just throw this whole episode away. That makes me so sad. Yeah. I, I don't. I think you don't qualify on any of those levels. I bet you have odors, but they're just no. Running. You don't have no, any odors. I just have the odor of freshly made chili. <laughs> the thing is, I, I I I am sensible. I do not collect anything perishable. I do clean out the kitchen. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not someone who is like I can't throw away this av- avocado. Okay, here here's the thing in a nut. And that, that that's not I feel kind of bad that we even did that. But but cuz I don't want I'm not I don't mean to make fun. But right. my understanding of hoarding is that when it gets to, it becomes a problem when you can't function normally. Vis-a-vis you can't close and open doors. You can't walk through rooms. Like that's that's the point I think when a lot of people go like, okay, this is getting out of control. And of course, you get more and more ashamed about it. You don't want people. We don't want people to know about it. But I think that that's when it gets bad. It's like it starts with a path, and then pretty soon there's not a path. And that's I think when it becomes more than just being cluttered. But the but the normal functioning. This is the this is the question, or this is the thing that I that I struggle with, because normal functioning. It I there are psychological hallways in my mental house that I cannot walk down because of the newspaper that's stacked in there. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've got, you've got a, you've got a visible hoarding problem where there are like 
rodents and wallboard damage, but you can have that in your mind house. And there, oh I don't my think, god, that's so good. I don't think there are rodents in my mind house, but there are definitely newspapers tied with twine. And when you say like we need to get rid of some of these newspapers, they're a fire hazard. I go whoa, 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 whoa. Those newspapers that that that's going to be important. But you can put your hand to stuff, right? This is what makes you so interesting. Is like it isn't as though you've got. I also the other thing I think about when it's problematic is like you can't find stuff. You mm-hmm. know, you feel like it might be here somewhere. There's this. No, horrible... I know. I I know exactly where everything is. Wow. And that is that is part of what feels like. Uh, like it's a it's a it's a mind problem. Somebody said to me the other day, what was it? It was uh, I they needed some key card or some something some some little piece of paper, and I was like, well, it's been nine months since that paper arrived. But I could mentally track it like a like a UPS. Oh, almost I, like it had an existential tracking number. Yeah, and I was like that. That was originally on the piano. Then it went to the kitchen table, and wow. then it got put into a box and taken upstairs into the project room. But then at a certain point, that box got consolidated into another box, and I bet you it's right around the. It's 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 in it's. It's in the Precambrian layer between, <laughs> you know, like uh, that whole series of menus I decided I was collecting from from restaurants that used French inappropriately. <laughs> and, but it's going to be, it's going to definitely be below all of the triple A batteries that I decided were still had enough, you know, the half charge triple A batteries that I decided still had enough charge that I was going to keep them together in case a technology was developed that you could put half discharged batteries into and collect that energy. That's just, that's just being green. And so I went upstairs and they were like, wait a minute, why, why are you going upstairs? And I was like, I'm pretty sure I know where it is. And they were like, it never went upstairs. This piece of paper was here on the piano. I was like, no, it's been to six other locations. And I went upstairs and I went into a box and put my hand on the paper. I reached into the middle of a stack of things in the box and pulled out the thing. You're magic. Well, but, but, but like I could be, I could be splitting the fucking atom if I didn't have, well, you know, we only use. Turns out we only use two percent of our brain. Oh, is that right? I thought we were up to ten. No, it's two. Uh, the other, the other ninety-eight percent is just, it's just, uh, it's just cycling. Mm. It's like the dry. It's a, it's a like a, on a dry cycle. Mm. Anyway, I don't want to be able to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to have that amount of organization in my head because. I, because I do feel like I, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a, um, I'm like a, one of those guys that used to go from village to village and, and sharpen your cooking pots. A tinker? A tinker. <laughs> sharpen your cooking pots. <laughs> you got to want a new edge on that fry pan. <laughs> I got a donkey with a straw hat with his ears sticking out of it. <laughs> and I got a 
and I have a cart full of pots, covered with pots. I think, they, I think in, in the world of Dickens, you would be called a pan sharp. <laughs> I'm a pan sharp. I go from town to town, <laughs> and it's just like clank, 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 clank. People who don't know better are going to sharpen the handle. You don't want to do that. You don't want a sharp handle on a pot. Nope. Oh, I got so many fucking pots. That guy doesn't know a pan sharp's damn about that. <laughs> Oh, I'm allergic to Christmas trees, too. Yeah. Maybe you should quit having uh, people over to help you. You know, that's another thing. Well, but that's the, that, that's got to be one of the steps. People stop coming over. Oh, that's a huge step. That's a huge step, yeah. Yeah. People start feeling sympathy for you when they used to think it was funny. That's not a good thing. That You know, when you get to be a middle-aged man and, and people start to go from thinking you're funny to thinking you're sympathetic, that's a bad sign. They just start saying stuff like, oh, I think you're super. I know. Well, I'm starting to look like Wolford Brimley anyway. Diabetes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't give yourself enough credit. You should well, get. I'm, I'm going to say it again. I don't want to. I'm not mean to repeat a bit, but I think you should get somebody in there. Well, I guess it depends which department at UW you call, but uh, <laughs> maybe somebody who's an anthropologist might be interested in helping you out. Because they're not going to look at it that way. They're not going to go, why the hell are you keeping Vice Magazine? They're going to say, how are you going to curate this? How? What's the story that we're telling here? If you got like 5% of your collection curated, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, baby steps. The thing tiny, is, every time shoes. I open the newspaper and, and there's an ad from the University of Washington, it's always, and they're like looking for study participants, mm-hmm. always VD. Venereal they're, disease? Yeah, they're like, do you, are you, do you suffer from herpes and <laughs> and want to make ten dollars a month? I can, you know, I'm getting so old, I can't even follow the rules for who's eligible before they mention what it is that they're doing. Yeah, if you're between the ages of eighteen and thirty five and have been, been exposed to herpes on more than one occasion, but have a car loan that's less than six months old, and you think you might be have you previously used and repaired an event, you might get money from mesothelioma. Yeah, I don't want any of that. I don't no. want to be. I don't want to be a part of those studies. Even that's, though that's, I do that smells like them. forms to me. That's gonna be forms to fill out. <laughs> John gets the final word. 